Welcome to The Crux. Each week, two of the world's top communicators take you behind the scenes of the news of the day to explore the crux of communications that are shaping business, politics, and our daily lives. Hi, this is Gary Sheffer. And hi, I'm Mike Fernandez, and we're glad to be with you from Boston University. Hello, everyone. This is Gary Sheffer, and I'm here with my friend, Mike Fernandez. Hey, Mike. Hey, glad to be heading into the holiday season. Uh, I know it. So we're here on uh, Thanksgiving week as we record this. And so what we thought we would do, believe it or not, Mike, this is episode 90 of The Crux. We're like the longest, like the walking dead of podcasts, (laughs) right? I mean, they've... They've been around for a long time, and and uh, so have we. What we what we thought we'd do. Although, here... although I probably should say that that your wife Barb and my wife Pat they had a favorite episode that happened about this time a year three years ago when we had our two kids on. Uh, that's right. Yes, Barb has listened to that probably four times for my <laughs> daughter Sarah. So. Uh... So yes, that was a that was a highlight for us in these ninety episodes. What we thought we would do, given that it's the holiday week, is take a look back at season four of the crux of the story, and it was a really interesting season, and we covered everything from politics to sports to economics. So we're going to go through that. Mike and I will talk about some of our guests and then play some of the most salient clips from those episodes over the past year. And I guess we call that season, this is a recap of season four, Mike, and we're currently in season five. It's it's hard to believe, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's certainly been eventful. You know, on the upside, the year saw the lifting of COVID restrictions and the reopening of international borders. On the downside, we saw the Russian invasion of Ukraine creating economic dislocations across the planet as supply chains were disrupted. And many companies uh, that had operations in Europe, particularly in Russia uh, and Ukraine, found themselves, uh, you know, having to shut down. And to speak on a little bit of that subject, we had Weber Shandwick's EVP of Geopolitical Strategy and Risk Management, Michelle Gaida, in episode 74, share with us that on global issues, there is no frictionless path. We talked about the response of multinational corporations to the war, and Michelle provided some interesting insights to the responsibility of companies working with national security of their own home countries. One of the things that I always underscore, and this was what became wildly clear during my tenure at the State Department, is that in diplomacy, there is no frictionless path. You never land on an idea where there are no risks or where there are no yes. challenges. Before we turn to the topic of sports, Mike, I, I said we're the longest running podcast in, you know, <laughs> comparing us to The Walking Dead. Uh, maybe I should like compare us to what's the long running 
a television soap opera, like yeah, General yeah, Hospital yeah, yeah, yeah. or something like that. I don't know. That that might be more <laughs> that might be more appropriate. But anyways, in 2022, we did talk about sports a lot. You yeah. and I are both big sports fans, and we had the Beijing 2022 Winter Olympics. Super Bowl all-star events for the National Hockey League and the NFL, the NBA, and the Daytona 500, which kicks off the NASCAR Cup Series for this year. And in episode 71, Do Sports Sponsorships Pay Off? That's the name of that episode. We sat down with the president of Discover Sports and Entertainment, Mike Hargrave, a friend of yours, Mike. Yep. And we discuss the value of sports sponsorships, how that value can be diminished by controversy, the importance of Super Bowl advertising, and diversity in sports. Here's a clip from that uh, discussion. When you think about what the Olympics is, it's the most diverse group of people that come together within four years within a that geographic space that ever happens. There's no other event, no other place in the world that you could be where you'd have a more diverse group of people. And I think to embrace that and to say, we have issues as a, you know, on a global scale, but we still can come together and compete and learn something about each other through this process, I think is at the heart of why companies get involved. Talking of sports, I, I really loved it when we sat down with our friend Mike Schoenfeld, uh, who for many years had served as Duke University's VP for Public Affairs and Government Relations. Uh, Mike, in episode 80, took us through the transition of Coach Mike Krzyzewski, Coach K, as he stepped down from coaching the men's basketball team at Duke after more than 40 years, one of the winningest programs in all of college basketball, and posting five national championships. So so I'd say the first thing that we had to work with was truly secrecy. Because the in the very hyperactive world of college sports, of college basketball, you know, no, nothing nothing happens that isn't immediately exposed and twisted and turned around on Twitter and a whole lot of other places. We had to th- this had to be kept very very quiet. There was a Mike, I, I really enjoyed that discussion uh, about Duke and uh, just thinking about that transition. Yeah, well, you know, and the other thing I really enjoyed was it, it was it was also terrific to hear Mike Schoenfeld in that sa- same episode talk about the complexities of managing a university and academic brand in today's environment. Yeah, and particularly with all this new freedom that athletes uh, have at the NCAA level on name imaging and licensing and all that. So quite a transition there for big universities like Duke. Now I'm going to go into something uh, that I know is really important to you. Something you spend a lot of time on esports. You're, you're a big gamer, right? (laughs) Hardly. My my, my thumbs never move fast enough to get more than two or three points, I think, in NBA basketball with my son. (laughs) Well, that's it. Same with me. I am just terrible at it. But 
uh, esports are huge and growing, including at the collegiate level, where there are teams now, of course, of uh, esports. And in January, this relates to a, a guest we had on in January to talk about the gaming industry, Microsoft, and its acquisition of Activision Blizzard for $69 billion. Uh, to speak on that topic, we invited the CCO of Activision Blizzard, Helene Klasky, onto the crux. And in episode 72, uh, titled Maneuvering a $69 billion Microsoft and Activision Blizzard Deal, and our my great assistant, graduate assistant, uh, Anna made that M and A, Microsoft and Activision in the headline. She's very clever. We discussed the opportunities that were created by the merger, as well as what it was like to be a female business leader in a male-dominated culture like the gaming industry. Let's uh, go to a clip from Helene. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about this and throughout my career. And I really think being the calm in the middle of the storm is really the secret sauce to serving leaders well. You know, everyone gets so often so crazed and they take on the frenetic energy of the most nervous person in the room, where really you need to be the calmest person in the room. And then the noise finally starts quieting down when the calm can prevail. Talking about technology, no one should miss the episode that we did with our friend John Awada. Uh, we were curious to hear about the impact AI is having on corporate decision making and what marketers and communicators should be doing about AI and its implications. Uh, in episode 73, John, who had served as chief communications officer and chief marketing officer for IBM, shared uh, some really incredible insights as well as really good advice on better utilizing data and AI, given some work he's been doing at uh, Yale's business school and with a group of former CEOs. Well, you know, I'll, I'll, I think two things, and I'll draw a parallel to social media. One is figure out how to use it. And the second is figure out what the risks are to your company because your company is going to use it. Think about social media. You know, for those who said, eh, it doesn't, it's, not rele- it's not relevant to my business. Well, you know, name a marketing communications team that ha- is an expert at mm-hmm. the use of social media. And the second is social media can bite you pretty hard. Well, every company is going to be using data and algorithms and it, you know, for great benefit. Um, but also there are going to be risks and exposures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mike, that was a great episode with John. And I, I, I was so happy. I understood about a third of it. So <laughs> <laughs> not John's fault, my fault. And, uh, but no, seriously, a really uh, terrific episode. And uh, I think quite helpful to the folks who listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Yeah, And uh, thank you to all our, our, our loyal audience um, out there using those platforms to uh, tap into the crux. So uh, I'm a professor still at Boston University. And so I, I try to reach out to uh, other folks in academia to be guests. And this season we featured in episode 75 titled Probing the Past, How Companies Can Address Historical Transgressions, Dr. Sarah Fetterman Uh, from the University of California at Berkeley, shares her advice on how communicators can redress companies' historical 
wrongdoings. I think there, there's a knee-jerk PR response that doesn't quite work for these larger historical mm -hmm. transgressions. It's not a spin. It's not just kind of a quick apology. It's deeper work for which they are not trained. Like, why would they be trained for this? They're trained to look forward. They're trained to deal with the issues of mm -hmm. the now. And what I hope to contribute is to have another way to think about it so that they're not making it worse for everybody by doing a knee-jerk response that'll trigger more upset and more violation for the survivors and make it worse for the companies. Then in episode 76, titled Corporate Political Spending, There's No Sound Business Justification, we chatted with Dr. Dorothy Lund from the USC Gould School of Law about the negative effects of corporate political funding. I think ideally you would, you know, shareholders would weigh in on the um, mm -hmm. specific candidates or, you know, specific types of groups that, you know, that that would be be donating to. And yes, that would create, that would be difficult to do in real time. And, you know, maybe a consequence of that is you wouldn't see quite as much of that activity. But, you know, again, again you, you wouldn't be in a situation where you would, would have a donation that's hidden from shareholders and not authorized by them. So, you know, I think which would be an overall, an overall improvement. We also spoke with uh, two veteran communicators about the increasing value communications is bringing to large organizations and institutions. In episode 79, we chatted with Edelman Chief Impact Officer Jim O'Leary about the challenges of ESG communications in a multi-stakeholder world filled with ever greater activism. It's just that in addition to, you know, navigating supply chain issues or, you know, macroeconomic conditions, inflation, right, mm -hmm. and everything else, there are now a new set of things that also need to be navigated simultaneously. Sure. And those things are, as things that I've mentioned, those, those things are oftentimes things that um, communications plays a, a direct role in helping um, CEOs and, and, right, and other leaders navigate. And in episode 69, we heard from KPMG's Chief Communications Officer, Maureen Davenport, and talked about how values are increasingly at the heart of a lot of corporate decision-making. Yeah, so I think a couple of things. One is that everyone was going through it. So rather than in the lockdown, and look, for our business, not kind of being at the client site, being in person, mentoring our people in person, our culture, is all people. It's what we have is our people. And that and so our talent strategy is incredibly important and connected to our business strategy. Hey Mike, I'm going to switch gears to uh, a really great episode to the topic of economics and really capitalism and how it's practiced today. Of course there are critics uh, of that, uh, particularly as we um, are going through a period of uh, economic inequities in some ways, and in many ways, I guess, to say. And in episode 70, we welcomed New York Times economics reporter Peter Goodman to discuss his book, Davos Man, How the Billionaires Devoured the World. And Peter discussed with us stakeholder capitalism, economic inequality, the role of government and civil society, and news media culpability in his view, in creating what he sees as a big business 
good guy narrative, uh, to use Peter's words. And I guess this is even more relevant later in the year with Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter and how that seems to be going. And I'm sure Peter would have some, some interesting comments about that. You know, we can do better than that. We should applaud CEOs who do better than that. But the mm -hmm. point of my book is to say we can't outsource our functions of democracy to the billionaire class. Corporate CEOs do, in fact, Larry Fink will tell you this, have a fiduciary responsibility to their investors. That means that there's always going to be one special stakeholder, and that's the shareholder. Building on the critiques of capitalism in episode 78, titled, Should PR Agencies Work with Fossil Fuel Companies?, we invited Clean Creatives Director Duncan Mizell to discuss the looming climate crisis and what communications and what communicators can do uh, about the, the crisis. His argument, of course, Mike, is that um, ad agencies and PR agencies should cut ties uh, with fossil fuel companies. So let's go to a, a little clip from Duncan. The, the challenge is that, you know, a lot of people in agencies are asked to help promote these initiatives that seem great and in, in isolation would be great. But the purpose of those advertisements and those Pat PR's campaigns is to give the perception that the problem is being solved, if we don't need government action, and that couldn't be further from the truth. You know, one of the great things I think about this podcast is is, is we do have guests on who challenge us. And obviously, <laughs> you know, D Duncan was was challenging for me. And, you know, because in, in, in my mind, there's a reason we call it an energy transition. Nevertheless, a good episode. Being Thanksgiving, I do want to give thanks to all the great students uh, like Anna that have worked for us on the crux as well as those that we've interacted with in our classrooms at Boston University's College of Communication. I thought it was pretty special when in episode 77, we were uh, lucky and, and I think kind of bursting at the seams here to have uh, to have three Com alums in Nicole McPherson, Haley McKee, and Jessica Nelson uh, to reflect on their experiences finishing school and finding employment in the middle of the pandemic. Transitioning now to kind of the workplace today, is it what you imagined? This experience has definitely been twofold. It allows me to, to avoid a two-hour commute. At this point, we are all fluent in Zoom and Microsoft Teams. And so most of the times, people are just comfortable working at home. Regarding COVID, it's kind of ingrained in every single thing that we do. Whether we're writing a LinkedIn post for CEO, everything that we do, there is normally a COVID section. And one of my favorite, favorite episodes was just to hear from those students and uh, how they had persevered in a difficult time uh, back in the depths of the pandemic and are thriving now. I, I stay in touch with all three and uh, they're all doing doing well. And it's uh, for an old corporate guy like me and, you know, political warhorse to interact with young people who are in our profession is just so energizing. Yeah. And and uh, so I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to to more episodes, more students 
uh, on on the crux. We've got some things planned. Yeah, and I should add, we're also very thankful to all of you, our listeners. Exactly, and and I want to particularly say, you know, we have a few folks from outside the United States who, you know, not a few, I, I quite a few actually. Yeah. And yeah. and so we're looking to do more episodes that are are global in nature, and I've we've got some things in mind. But I get a lot of emails from friends outside the U.S. who say how much they enjoy the Crux, Mike. So I guess we're we're growing. We're not. We don't have as big an audience as the General Hospital. Well, uh, I have or, to tell you, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I have to tell you, just this past week, I was stopped by somebody at the Ottawa airport who said, "You're Mike Fernandez, aren't you?" And I said, "Yeah." Oh, I love the Crux. <laughs> you and Gary do a great job. <laughs> Who knew? Wow. You're going to have to get security, Mike. Some, you know, <laughs> take care of you. <laughs> that may be for another reason. but <laughs> Well, listen, everybody, uh, we hope you enjoy this wrap to season four. We'll do another one probably at the end of season five, which is coming up shortly. But we want to wish everyone uh, in the States a happy Thanksgiving to our international listeners. Great holiday season. And we'll be back next week with another great episode of The Crux. Thank you for listening to The Crux. Our producer is Boston University student Anna Huynh. This episode and other episodes are made possible by the Boston University College of Communication, or COM as it is known. Located in the heart of downtown Boston, COM is BU's home to the studies of advertising, emerging media, film and TV, journalism, media science, and public relations. At COM, we seek to build understanding among people through better communication. Find out more at www.bu.edu forward slash com.